0: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
1: Welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Marshall Barnes as we talk about time travel. Fascinating discussion, Marshall. How did you get interested in this, by the way?
0: Well, like most people, um, you know, living in the time period I I grew up in, you know, you're not that far away from me Uh, age-wise. You know, it's it's a fascinating subject. Um, For me, it wasn't so much the movie, the time machine. As it was a TV series, a time tunnel, but I didn't think you could actually do it. You know, I kind of wondered, but you know, I wasn't really sure about that. And then later on, many years later, I started to see how there could be possibilities for doing it for real. And uh, and I was I got into physics and all that, and then I started to get serious uh, around 2011 or so because uh, some associates of mine. And I got together, and we said, look, there are these people out there that think that the Earth's population needs to be reduced down to half a billion people. Now, how are they going to do that? Because it's serious. They, they, they meet and they talk about these things. How are they going to do that? And so, long story short, we figured out probably the best way to do something like that. And then a few years later, I started to see some of those things that we had predicted take place. Oh, and I'm like, oh, man. This isn't good, you know. I got to get out of here. And and the answer was not space. The answer was get back to working on time travel. Mm -hmm. Get out of here that way because that's the only thing that's going to save you. That's it, period. You're done. And so that's what I started to do. And, you know, I, 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 I changed all my focus that I could away from the aerospace industry, which I had been involved in for a number of years. And started focusing on resolving the issues about time travel. Because right. if my head was, you know, gun was to my head, so to speak.
1: Are there some technological laboratories out there that are working on the apparatuses for time machines?
0: Well, not that I knew of. I mean, I, my people are doing it. You know, we're working on it. Um, we can't rely on somebody else to do it because, number one, they have to catch up on what the science is. And the science on time travel involves like over 30 different other di- disciplines that most people don't even know anything about. So, you know, it's like we can't, we can't waste time for someone else to, uh, to catch up. And on top of that, there's this other consideration. There are things that are part of the development of this technology which can be weaponized. And so they become a national security risk. You know, if it's just, in, you know, you can't allow it to just be in anyone's hands. You know, you, I can't go around and blab the people, you know, how to t- how to try to do it because it'd be a violation of uh US Code thirty five, chapter seventeen, segment one eighty one. I, I had to look it up even just to know I just to know what it is so I could quote it. So the government people out there would realize, oh okay, we don't have to worry about him. He's not gonna blab about anything. And then leave me alone. You know? But uh it's, it's really tricky stuff. It's not something that you can do in your garage you know? right. and <laughs> you get away uh-huh. with.
1: If you go back into time, into the past, can you come back?
0: Sure. But, and, I, here, and I'm glad you asked that question because it's not so much, and this is something that I just figured out this week um, or last week, actually. Um, it's not something that you, where you are literally going back into the past. No one goes back into the past. What you're doing is you're doing something that's going to cause the creation of a new parallel universe copy of that past era. But you are not literally in the past. So we have to. One of the biggest problems about the subject of the nature of time and time travel is language. You know, a lot of people think that time is something that man made up. Right. All time is is a measurement. And, you know, and, and but essentially what they're talking about is duration. And duration is not the same thing as time. Because You can you see this easily when you look at, on the advanced physics level, the issue of the asymmetry of time problem. Why does the math work both ways? But we only see, like, eggs break and they don't reassemble themselves. And that's, that's the asymmetry of time problem. But if duration is the same thing as time, then you could substitute that word in there and call it the duration uh, a symmetry problem. But then that doesn't make any sense because duration is symmetrical. Five minutes in one direction, is five minutes the other way. So it's not the same thing. And that's one of the key things that throws people off. They think, oh, time is just a measurement and it's how we we measure how how much time has gone by, blah, blah, blah. That's not it. Time is literally... Connected to space, the way we think of in terms of the uh, space-time continuum. But its purpose is to allow things to take place, allow things to happen. Space is where things are. Time is what allows events to take place. And, and then from there you go even further into more sophisticated and complicated concepts. But you, you have to get over this idea that time is like you know a measurement thing. I mean, it's just nonsense.
1: Because my next question, Marshall, was going to be, if you get into this parallel universe and you want to go back into time to see some event, how do you calibrate that so you pop up in that year, let's say?
0: Well, here's the situation. I can't reveal that because that's the same thing as, like, telling you how, like, for example, um, Bill Clinton sold technology to the
1: the the Chinese.
0: Chinese, Right. That allowed them to be more accurate in putting up satellites, but also making them more accurate and try to target missiles, and it's the same thing, it's the same kind of problem. So I understand how you do that, and we've messed around with those kind of things before, but you know, if I told you how to do it, then you could make something appear you know you could make a bomb appear in the White House or something. I mean you know you have to work out what this, what this really implies. Uh, and then you realize, oh, wow, this is, this is something It's a big deal. Um,
1: There's you know. a movie here somewhere. I can feel it. This is, <laughs> this, <laughs> it's a great concept. My gosh. You had a chance to meet with physicist Fred Allen Wolfe. What did you two talk about?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, we met in 1992. He had recently published his book, Parallel Universes, The Search for Other Worlds. And in it were many things he described which were happening to my friends and myself for real. And we didn't understand why, okay, because we were new to all this kind of thing. And um, so I called him up, I tracked him down, and he had some time to come out and visit me. And long story short, what he said was, because, yeah, we showed him all the evidence of what was going on. And he said, well, you're like a receiver. You're tuning into something that is real. And as you tune into it and people hang out with you and resonate with you, it becomes like a powerful draw. And as those things start to happen, uh, things that are like those things that you've been concentrating on will manifest around you. And that was a very profound statement to, for him to make, because we've now discovered how to actually you know, manip- manipulate those kind of things and make them happen on purpose. So you know, it's, it's one of the things that we, we knew that we would start to see take place if we were getting close to doing time travel for real. We are now targeting, for example, like, say, the 90s or the 80s or whatever. And then we, we start to see things that are from that time period or people, most importantly, a lot of it, people who look like people that we knew from then, but it's not those same people. But they look like they did back then. Yeah. It's like, you know, from three years ago, here's so-and-so, here's Sammy, and, but it's not Sammy, but it looks just like Sammy did back then, yeah. not like Sammy now. And but this is, like, radical because it is happening, like, you know, currently all the time. And we just made a switch to the 80s and the 70s. And we're now starting to see those things pop up. I mean, it was, and it's like, oh, my God, it's happening again. Even though we believe in these kind of things, it's really bizarre to see it in front of your face.
1: If you went into this parallel universe in your apparatus— and I had one, too. And I said, I want to go see Marshall. I want to see where he has gone. Could I find you in that same parallel universe, or do I create another one?
0: You, good point. Um, you could find me if you had the, 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 the kind of uh, directional uh, you know, technology that would enable to, for you to tune in to where I was, which is like, you know, that's really a tough deal. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, if I'm if I'm using it, I'm restricting who's going to have access to that. Right. You know,
1: right. You know what I'm
0: saying? And and it's, so it doesn't automatically mean that, for example, time cops can it can operate because they would not be able to track you down. Ah. Okay. Right, unless you, they had something really, you know, you see what I'm saying? And so it's it's not like it's not easy like that at all. But if you, but it would be possible. It would not be impossible.
1: How many different parallel universes could there be?
0: Well, there's, according to quantum mechanics, there's a near-infinite number of them. Uh, Fred Fredon Wolf told me, he said, it's not infinite, it's like near-infinite. You know? So and I always, a lot of people say infinite I just, just because of my training, because he was like a mentor for me in the, in the physics area. Um, I, I just say near-infinite. But, I mean, it, it's so many, you know, you're not going to count them all at all. You know, might as well forget that.
1: You may be the only person that I can ask this question to who might be able to answer it. In, in 18 years of doing this show, I still haven't gotten my answer yet. What? The Big Bang Theory. What the heck started this? What, what was this?
0: Well, to be honest...
1: And I won't hold I it guess... against you if you can't answer it.
0: No, 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 no. Well, I mean, to be honest, I can't tell you what started it. I can guess, okay? I mean, for example... If you look at string theory, then there's the idea that, you know, we're on a brain, B-R-A-N-E kind of a thing, and uh, another brain banged into another one, and it caused this, you know, what we call the Big Bang on that on that brain. Uh, there's all kinds of ideas. It's all speculation, now. It's impossible to know for certain, but I'll tell you how we could find out if somehow – a cosmologist discovered some kind of, like, rupture or some kind of physical disturbance within the structure of the physical universe, okay? They might be able to ascertain that this camp has some kind of a collision. And that would be the beginning of trying to find out how. But, I mean, you're talking about, you know, distances that are just unimaginable, Right, and you have to have like a super telescope, and you know all that kind of stuff. But that's how you would you would approach that problem.
1: Well, Um, well, while you were on hold, I had a story about the James Webb Telescope, which they hope to launch on December twenty second, and they're saying that it could see the first light. To me, that's that's absolutely fascinating and almost unbelievable.
0: Right, and that would be like okay if you see the first light. That'd be interesting. Maybe you would be able—you would be able to ascertain where that light came from. Was it from some kind of collision or whatever? Mm -hmm, And that's where you're in that area that I was talking about.
1: Are you spiritual? No, you're not.
0: Well, I mean, not. I say no because when you say yes, it opens up the doorway for all kinds of stuff. Um, I I, believe uh, that. I'll just tell you this: I believe that we all lived before. Okay, spirit beings, mm-hmm. and I, but I think we're here having a physical experience, and so I'm interested in what's going on with this physical experience instead of like worrying about all the all the other stuff that sure. we're going to find out about when we die anyway.
1: Yeah, but I would yeah. I would I would say based on just that answer that you're spiritual, that you're a believer in something,
0: right? Right. It but is. I, uh... I don't preach about it. I'm not <laughs> going to tell people, you know, this is what happened before you. You came here because they're going to know anyway. I mean, everyone's going to find out what the truth is when they die. So, it, it,
1: one way I mean, or another, or if they don't, they don't have to worry about it.
0: Right? Exactly. So, it's not worth my time trying to, to tell people, you know, what to think about that because they're going to find out anyway. What What's really more important is is the truth while we're here. What's really important is understanding how special we are and that we should pay attention to like what's going on for our children and and the promise that our children bring to us when they're born you know that's what's really, really, really important that's not what, what some big guy up in the sky is doing it's like oh my god look at this little kid what potential does he have yeah. what could you know that kind of stuff it that's is. where the answers are they're not up in the sky with some guy with a beard